comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Wonderful. A very pleasant Sunday morning to you in your homes or wherever you may be at this time. It's a privilege to come your way and to share God's word with you through this medium. It's an opportunity and privilege we don't take for granted at all. Thank you for your time. If you are new to our YouTube channel, it's a great time to subscribe and click on notifications so that you will subsequently be updated every time we are on. And then if you are also on Facebook, go ahead and start a watch party so others can be blessed by the ministry of God's word. Shall we bow our heads as we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Spirit of God. You have not called us to seek you in vain. And as we share fellowship on this platform, we know that healing is ours, deliverance is ours, revelation is ours, in the name of our Lord Jesus. Breathe upon your word, bring revelation, bring light. Let no man tune into this broadcast at this time or watch it thereafter ever remain the same. I honor you and I bless you for your presence and for your help in this ministry. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Great. We're continuing our teaching series on growing into maturity. Growing into maturity. And our text for some time has been Luke chapter 2 verse 40. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. The child Jesus grew into spiritual maturity. He was filled with wisdom. It was seen in the wisdom he exuded. It was seen in the wisdom he expressed. And then the grace of God, the unusual grace of God that he carried were manifestations of his growth in spiritual maturity. You and I are expected to grow likewise. But examining the life of Jesus, particularly from the book of Luke, we see that Jesus took certain practical steps in order to grow. A lot of people really want to grow spiritually. It's just that they are either ignorant of what to do to grow spiritually or they are lazy in doing the things that will help them grow spiritually. And I pray that whichever category you belong, by the time we are through with this teaching, God will help you. And it will help you set you on a course for continuous spiritual growth in every area of your life. In Jesus, much less name. If you believe that, you can type in the comment box a big amen. Okay, so last week, we started on what must I do to grow. In fact, we started that a couple of weeks ago. But last week specifically, in answering the question, what must I do to grow? We sought to answer the question in the context that I must fellowship to grow. All of these questions are coming from the things Jesus did to grow spiritually. What did Jesus do to grow? First of all, fed spiritually to grow. And then number two, Jesus made time for fellowship to grow. Jesus grew spiritually because 
he made time to fellowship with his father. And we said there are two levels of fellowship that engender spiritual growth. The first one has to do with fellowship with God. And then the second one has to do with fellowship with the brethren, fellowship with our fellow believers. Last week, we began teaching on fellowship with God. And I want to continue today in the same light, fellowship with God. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, fellowship with the Father was a paramount thing in his life. It was something he never took for granted at all. Week in and week out, day in and day out, he made time in spite of his busy schedule, in spite of his tight ministry itinerary, Jesus made time to share fellowship continuously with his father. You and I, if you are going to grow and become all that God will have us become, if you are going to grow and be able to fulfill our ministry and impart our generation for the Lord, one of the things we need to commit ourselves to doing consistently is to learn how to sit at the feet of our master and to learn from him and to fellowship with him. Jesus made time to fellowship with his father. In the book of Mark chapter 1 verse 35, the Bible tells us, Mark 1 35, and in the morning, rising up a long while before daylight, the Bible said he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. Jesus went out at a certain time of the day and then he went to be alone with the Father. He made time to share fellowship with the Father. Last week, among the key thoughts I shared with you, I said that the ultimate measure of spiritual maturity is Christ-likeness. And nothing imparts you with the nature of God like regular fellowship with God. The ultimate measure of spiritual maturity is to be like Christ. That's why a songwriter wrote a song and sang, To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. All I want is to be like Jesus. All through life journeys, from earth to glory, all I want is to be like Jesus. That's our calling. Our calling is to be conformed into the image of his yes son. God made us originally in his image. Sin made us lose that image. Jesus came and we are being transformed by the ministry of the word of God and through the Holy Spirit to conform into the image of Christ. That is the ultimate measure of spiritual growth. And for us to become like Christ, for us to manifest the fruit of Christ-like character in every area of our lives, we need to learn to spend time with him. You remember, birds of the same feathers flock together. Anybody you keep close association with, you keep close company with, you will end up becoming like the person. If we learn to stay in fellowship with God, we will manifest godliness. The Bible said, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. In the book of Proverbs 27, 17, he says, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Again, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, he said, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So we establish that fellowship is critical if you are going to manifest the fruit of Christ-like character, if you are going to really manifest God's nature in our lives for the world to see that we are truly Christians, we need to spend time fellowshipping with God. And we took a look at the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught in the book of Mark and then also in Luke, 
Jesus, after praying, the Bible says the disciples came to ask him to teach them to pray. And Jesus did not hesitate at all in teaching them to pray. In that prayer, we realized that there were six pillars or six points, six elements that must constitute our daily prayer. The prayer begins with praise. It continues by setting our priorities right, helping us to focus on kingdom matters. And then we present our needs and our demands before God. We talked about provision. Then we said we need to seek God's pardon. We need his forgiveness every day. We talked about protection. And then we talked about praise. Today we are going to continue in that light. And we are looking at the necessity of habitual prayer. If you are going to grow in intimacy with God. If you are going to grow in the likeness of Christ. Then we need to spend quality time. And consistent time fellowshipping with him. Habitual prayer is critical. I said that all Christians pray. But mature Christians pray habitually. One of the marks about mature Christians is that they are disciplined in their prayer life. They make time to speak with God every day. And that is my prayer for you in this broadcast. That God will give you the grace to be able to stand in the place of prayer. Not occasionally, not monthly, not weekly, but on a daily basis. He longs to have fellowship with you. God loves you so much that he wants to have fellowship, intimate fellowship with you. And he wants it daily. In fact, if you look at the Lord's prayer, the content demands that the prayer be prayed daily. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I don't think there is a day that we can go without depending on God for our provision and our daily bread. That's why we need to learn to pray habitually. Four reasons why habitual prayer must become a part and parcel of your life. Number one is because Jesus prayed habitually and gave us a pattern for habitual prayer. Jesus prayed habitually. He prayed habitually. A great while before the, the Bible said, he departed and went into a solitary place and there he prayed. Every morning Jesus woke up to meet God before he met anyone else. If we were learn to spend time with God, our days will be different. Our times will be different. Our moments will be different. If we were learn to meet God first before we meet anybody else, our meetings with people will be different. In every area and in every sphere, Jesus made time to pray and to fellowship with his father on a daily basis. He prayed habitually. There were times he went to a mountain and prayed all night. And I believe that most times those were probably moments where he had missed some of his morning hours. And he needed to make it up. So he would stay up and be able to cover. May the grace of God come upon you so that you won't miss any time of fellowship with God on a daily basis in Jesus' precious name. In the Lord's Prayer, he also taught us to pray daily. He said, give us this day our daily bread. That phrase specifically demands that we pray daily. And you know, it's not a prayer that is meant to pray even at night. It's more of a prayer that is supposed to be prayed in the morning. And as I go along, I'm sure you come to appreciate it. Number two, the early Christians and apostles committed themselves to habitual prayer. If you go through the book of Acts, one of the things you will see clearly is that the early Christians were committed to prayer. Right from Acts chapter 1, Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 14, And they came and they continued. He said, and they joined together constantly in prayer. This was before the Holy Ghost came. 
they drank constantly in prayer before the Holy Ghost came. Now, immediately after the Holy Ghost came, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the Bible says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So these guys committed themselves to prayer before the Holy Ghost came. When the Holy Ghost came, they committed themselves to habitual prayer again. We see in the book of Acts, chapter 3 verse 1 this was a time where they just instituted a time for prayer so the bible says one day peter and john were going to the temple at the time of prayer these guys had the time of prayer may you set a time aside to fellowship with god daily again in Acts chapter 4 that's when john had healed a man who was born lame and then when they came against them the Bible says they responded in prayer. Verse 24, that was they responded in prayer. That was their natural habit. You see, anytime you are challenged, anytime you are in a crisis, whatever is habitual with you will come out. A prayer is your lifestyle. When a moment of crisis hits you, you resort to prayer. And so, that's what they did. Again, in Acts chapter 6 verse 1, we see the church increasing astronomically. And the Bible said, when they began to increase, you know, increase also comes with crisis. Every time there's growth, there comes a lot of responsibility, there comes a lot of challenges. And some of the challenges that growth in the early church brought was taking their attention of prayer. The apostles had to make a choice whether they will pray or they will meet the physical or fat needs of the people. But these guys, having observed Jesus all through his life and ministry and seeing the potential or the potency of prayer, decided no, their time was supposed to be given to prayer. So in the book of Acts chapter 6 verse 4, the Bible said they appointed some people and said, we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the word. These guys were devoted and committed to prayer every way. Before they would send out missionaries in Acts chapter 13, they prayed. Sometimes they even couple their prayer with fasting. So we see that the early Christians habitually prayed. That's why you and I as last day Christians must make time for prayer. And then of course, the early apostles in their letters also spoke extensively about prayer. Peter was speaking in 1 Peter 4 verse 7. He says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be sober and watch unto prayer. Be sober and watch unto prayer. That is 1 Peter 4 verse 7, the New King James Version. The end of all things is at hand. Be sober, therefore. Be serious and watchful in prayers. Again, James. James. James was speaking in the book of James chapter 5 verse 13 to 18. He said, is anyone afflicted? Is anyone suffering? Let him pray. Let him pray. Then he went on to talk about how Elijah prayed. He said, pray one for another. Confess your sins one to another. Then we come to Apostle Paul. Almost in every letter of Apostle Paul, there's something to say about prayer. It just shows you how prayer was important to them and the instructions they give concerning prayer. Paul was speaking. He said the only time a husband and a wife are supposed to take a break in 1 Corinthians is to give themselves to prayer. Again, we see Romans 12, 12. He said rejoice in our confidence in God. Be patient and keep on praying. Again, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. He said praying at all times. Praying at all times and on every occasion. Praying at all times and in every occasion. 
In the book of First Thessalonians 5, 17, never stop praying. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert man and a thankful man. Now look at that. Now all of these instructions are caused unto habitual prayer. The fourth reason why we must pray habitually is that habitual prayer is foundational for spiritual growth and maturity. If you are going to grow spiritually, if you are going to develop in a healthy way spiritually, then you need to devote time and quality time for that matter to prayer. Without prayer, you are not likely to grow in intimacy with God. Intimacy can never be born without prayer. The more you stay in fellowship with God, the more intimate you become with God. The Bible says in Psalm 145 verse 18, the Lord is close to all who call upon him. The Lord is intimate. The Lord is near. The Lord is close to all those who call upon him. James chapter 4 verse 8, he said, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. How else could we draw nigh unto God except through the altar of prayer? You remember in the book of uh, Hebrews, he said, let us come therefore boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You and I don't have a choice than to pray habitually. I repeat what I said earlier. All Christians pray, but mature Christians pray habitually. It's my prayer that you grow to become a mature Christian. Who does not pray because there's a need in your life? Who does not pray because there's a crisis to attend to? Who does not pray because you have made redundant from your job, but you pray because you long to share fellowship with God? In this service, I just want to share with you five ways to pray habitually. Five ways to pray habitually. The first one is Priority. Make prayer a priority. Make daily prayer a priority. The reason why some people are not able to pray daily is because every other thing comes first except prayer. Every other thing is important in their lives except prayer. Listen, if you are going to pray daily as a lifestyle, you must understand that nothing can replace the place of prayer and the power of prayer in your life. Jesus had a lot of schedule to meet. Jesus had a lot of appointment to meet. His days were filled with activities. Healing the sick, teaching, evangelizing in villages and in towns. But knowing his schedule, Jesus will rise up a great while before day. We are told in Mark chapter 1 verse 35 to 36, the good news version. He says, and very early the next morning, long before daylight, Jesus got up left the house, he went out of town to a lowly place where he prayed. But Simon and his companions went searching for him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Now listen, Jesus always looked for his father before people came looking for him. I pray that you make time to always fellowship with God. Before you go to your shop, please spend time in fellowship with God. Before you go to your office, spend time in fellowship with God. Before you go to sight, spend time in fellowship with God. A day without prayer is a day without power. A day without prayer is a day without victory. You and I depend on God daily. The Bible said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. As we abide in the vine, as we stay in close fellowship with the vine, we are empowered to bear much fruit. From today, I see you bear much fruit in the name of our Lord Jesus. So to pray daily, we must make prayer a priority. 
the early apostles made prayer a priority. When they were faced whether they should leave the word of God and serve tables, they made a choice that prayer was more important than serving tables. And you know what? When they concentrated on prayer, the things that they would have spent time doing were taken care of easily. Every time we stay away from prayer, we, are, we become less effective in whatever we do. Never forget that. Your effectiveness is in your ability to stay in fellowship with God. When you are able to stay in fellowship with God, you are able to multiply your effectiveness. You can do much more with prayer than without prayer. That's what the Bible says, without me, you can do nothing. In other words, you can't accomplish anything worthwhile. You can't accomplish anything enduring. And I pray that your fruit and your results will abide in Jesus' precious name. Number two is period. If you are going to pray, you have to set a period aside for prayer. Time. When I talk about period, I'm simply talking about time. Set a specific time aside for prayer. If you look at the life of Jesus in Mark chapter 1 verse 35, it was a schedule he would not miss. The Bible says in the New International Version, very early in the morning, while it was still that, Jesus got up, left the house, and went up to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He had a time to pray. Jesus had a time to pray. And when he was giving us instruction on prayer in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he says, when you pray, and when has to do with time. He could have said, if you pray, making it conditional, but because prayer must be timed. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, it says, when you pray. Verse 6, it says, when you pray. Verse 7, it says, when you pray. Before he gave us the pattern of prayer, he had established already that prayer can only be effective when we make time to pray. Listen, until you set the time aside, that every day, between 5 a.m. and 5.30, I'm going to share fellowship with God in prayer. There is no way you are going to have a consistent prayer life. Until you set the time aside. When I will get to my office early because of traffic, before 8 o'clock, I'm in the office. And between 7 and 7.30, while I'm in the office, I'm going to make time and pray and share fellowship with God until that becomes your established priority. There is no way you are going to be able to communicate with God consistently. David, a king who was very busy, made time to pray three times daily. In the book of Psalm 55, verse 16 to 17, the New Living Translation says, But I will call upon the Lord, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, at noon, and at night, I will cry, and the Lord will hear my voice. What of Daniel? He was set over the princes. Daniel was an excellent man. And one of the secrets to his excellent spirit was because he spent quality time with God in prayer. Daniel never joked with his time with God. Time with God was important to Daniel. The Bible said Daniel made time to pray three times daily. The early apostles also set a time aside. The Bible said Paul, Peter, and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer. May I ask you this morning, do you have an hour of prayer? Do you have a moment that you can call a moment of prayer? Where your phone is shut, where you enter your closet, and then you part company with all forms of distractions, and your focus is on God and on God alone. Let me tell you, for a couple to be able to bring forth fruit, all things being equal, for a couple to produce a child, they need to be intimate. They need to make time to spend time together alone. 
That is how fruit can be born. The reason why there is no fruit in your relationship with God is because time alone with him is not existence. If a couple decide that they are going to stay in separate rooms, they are not going to share fellowship, they are not going to spend time together, it's likely and without any shadow of doubt, there will be no fruit in their union. Do you want to see fruit of patience, fruit of joy, fruit of love, fruit of forgiveness in your relationship and in your character as a Christian. Make quality time. Spend quality time with God. May the grace of God to do that come upon you today in Jesus' precious name. If you believe that, say a bigger amen. And listen, when I talk about time, I will encourage you to make time in the morning. Make time in the morning. I know some people say I do better at night. It's good. But even if you do better at night, there is a pattern the Lord gave us. And that pattern demands that we pray in the morning. I, I never knew that until this week. When I picked the Lord's prayer again, I haven't prayed from it last week. As I was meditating upon it this week, I saw that the Lord's prayer must be prayed in the morning. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Imagine that you have gone through the day if you didn't ask for your daily bread, you must have gone through hunger. And in the evening, when you're about to retire, what is daily bread? Most of us, even at uh, 7, 7 p.m. or so, after 7 p.m., if you're health conscious, you may not even eat anything. Again, it said, lead us not into temptation. In the night, what kind of temptation are you going to face? That's why the Lord's prayer is essential that we learn to pray according to the, the pattern the Lord gave us. It's critical we learn to pray in the day. Pray in the morning. Start your day with God and you will see that praying to God or starting your day with God makes a lot of difference. From today, your day shall be filled with joy. Your day shall be filled with victories. As you learn to start your day with God, I see great doors of opportunity opening for you. Number three is a place. A place. Place. Sanctify and set a place apart for prayer. Sanctify and set a place apart for prayer. Based on where you live and based on the situation around you. The place where you may have your quietness may be your washroom. Sometimes it can be your hall. Sometimes it can be your study room if you have the luxury of a study room. And so, make sure you have a special place where you go to pray. You know, places matter with God. Places matter with God. Places matter with God. Places matter with God. God came to Abraham and said, Take now thy son, thy holy son, and go unto a mountain which I will show you, and there offer him as a sacrifice. The question is, couldn't Abraham have offered his son on any other mountain or in any other place? God needed him to meet him at a certain place. The Bible says God spoke to Moses and said, Come unto me on Mount Sinai, and there I will give you the Ten Commandments. Moses had to meet God at a place. When Jesus was about departing, he told his disciples, he said, Tarry and wait for me in Jerusalem. The question is, is it only Jerusalem the Holy Ghost could come? That was the place God chose. Places matter with God. Jesus, the Bible said, he rose up a great while before day and went into a specific place and there he prayed. I realized that the early church also had places of prayer. In the book of Acts of the 16 verse 13, on the Sabbath day we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. 
We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. Again, as 16, 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, to the place of prayer. Do you remember Daniel? You remember when his uh, fellow, his colleagues conspired against him. The Bible said Daniel went into his place. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. The New Living Translation says, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. Upstairs room. There was a specific place. From experience, I've realized that the places I pray, every time I go there, they seem to have this energy and desire for prayer. And when you begin to practice it, you see that it becomes the same with you. When you pray consistently at a place, the moment you enter the place, there is this sense of energy, there is this sense of desire, there is this sense of hunger for prayer that comes upon you. You begin to feel a strong edge to pray like never before. That is when you do it consistently over time. A place of prayer is important. Sanctify a place. Maybe you don't have a place like that in your home, but your office space is there. Why don't you just wake up early and go to the office early and start it if it's possible? Sometimes it can even be your office washroom. There may be multiple washrooms. Just lock yourself in one and speak to the Father. I like it when the Bible says, I would that men pray everywhere. Prayer is one of the things that God demands that it can be done everywhere. But you know, for you to have intimacy, you also have to be mindful of the place you meet. I don't think that a couple can have intimacy just at any place. No. They sanctify a place. And then they meet there and they meet there alone. Jesus separated a place, sanctified a place where he could be alone. You remember in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 5. Jesus was talking about prayer, the New King James Version. He said, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corner streets, that they may be seen by men. And surely I say to you, they have their reward already. Go to verse 6. But you, when you pray, go ye into your room. So even in the Lord's Prayer, specific place is demanded. Go into your room. Go into your room. And then he says, when you have shut your door. So the context, the place I'm simply talking about is a place of privacy. It's a place of seclusion. It's a place where you can be alone with God. You need to create that place. Create that place. Create that place. Sometimes if you have children around you, you may have to wake up early before they are up. Because the moment they get up, you may not be able to have that time to do so. Create that place. Make sure that you have a place where you can spend time alone with your lover. Jesus, he loves you and he wants to be intimate with you. Number four is to pray according to a pattern. Last Sunday, I spent time walking you through the Lord's prayer because it's a pattern God gave us for prayer. And we need to learn to pray with that pattern. I walked you through and I made you aware. If you are to pray that prayer, if you are to pray and we pray it in different contexts, Maybe today you can pray, thy kingdom come, you can pray for the salvation of your family. The next day, thy kingdom come. The same prayer, but you can pray in the context of your church. Pray for your pastor, pray for the leaders of your church, pray for members who are in need in your church. The next time, you can pray for the salvation of your city. And, you know, when it comes to personal needs, 
Give us this day our daily bread. Today you can pray for some specific needs. Tomorrow you may pray for wisdom. You may pray for wisdom for your children. You may pray for God's preservation for your children. So you see, if you are to pray the Lord's Prayer, we have a reason to pray every day and we have room to pray. In fact, when I walked you through last week and I showed you if you are to pray the six points I walked you through, if you are to pray them five, five minutes, five, five minutes for each point, that's 30 minutes of prayer. 10, 10 minutes is 60 minutes of prayer. That's one hour. The moment you multiply it, you are just going on and on. Follow that pattern. Don't go to prayer without knowing what to pray. God's word has given us adequate information on how to present our petitions across. So follow that pattern. And then number five, finally, persist until prayer becomes a habit. Persist. Persistence, you need it. Persist. So number one, I said, you need to make prayer a priority. And then number two, I said, you must make time for it. Get a period for prayer. And then I said, set a place, sanctify a place. Number four, we said, follow the Lord's pattern. And number five, persist. The Bible says in the book of Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not to turn, coward, faint, lose out, and give up. Chapter 18 verse 1, New Living Translation. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and not give up. Listen, when we come to habitual prayer, your number one enemy of habitual prayer is Satan. Because Satan knows as long as you stay in the place of prayer, he has no victory. He has no place in your life. I like it when the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. One way as Christians we give place to the devil is when we fail to pray. The moment we stay prayerless, we are giving room to Satan to come our way. That's what the Bible said, be sober, be vigilant. Sober and vigilant in prayer because you are adversary the devil. Walking about seeking whom he may devour. So we need to be vigilant in prayer. Among the weapons of our warfare, when Paul was finishing, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, he said, praying at all times in the spirit and in every place. Praying at all times, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So our strength comes when we pray at all times. And Satan will simply not allow you to pray habitually. So sometimes... You are able to observe, like for instance, after hearing a teaching like this, you are inspired, you are charged, and all of a sudden you zoom into actually you begin to pray. But after three days, you see that you miss it. And then Satan begins to knock guilt on your mind, you see. You, you rush, you couldn't maintain it. See, now you have come back to, listen, the Bible said that just man falls seven times, and seven times he rises again. By all means, get back to it. No matter how many times you miss a day. When you miss a day, it is not equivalent to missing a week. So don't translate it into a week. It was one day you missed. Make sure you cover up and then you continue. Continue. Make sure by all means, stay in prayer. Don't allow Satan to prevent you or to not guilt on your mind so that you are not able to build a habit of prayer. You may fail sometimes, I mean, as much as possible, by the grace of God, over the years, I've learned to pray daily. But at times, to be honest, I get overwhelmed. And a day or two, I may not be able to do it. But the moment the Spirit of God begins to work in my heart again, I have to get back to it. Because it's fellowship. Because the moment you stay out of fellowship, you begin to feel that you are not sensing God like the way you ought to sense Him. Your awareness of His presence actually becomes more 
when you are staying in fellowship through prayer. That's why it's important. So you may miss a day or two. It doesn't mean that God is mad with you. He's a loving father. He's your lover and he wants to, he longs to have fellowship with you. Just go back, get back on track and continue. And I pray that as you put these plans in place and you begin to follow this strategic plan, you will be able to pray habitually. And you pray habitually and you enjoy your relationship with God. I see you grow from strength to strength. I see you grow from grace to grace. I see you becoming vibrant and strong in your work with God. May the Lord bless you and may the grace for habitual prayer rest upon you from today and always. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, maybe you are tuned to the broadcast. You don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You don't say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to the Lord. What a privilege I have to lead you to the Lord. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity of hearing your word. I believe I'm a sinner and I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I believe with my heart that you died for me and rose up again from my redemption. Thank you for saving me and making me your own in Jesus' precious name. If you pray that prayer in faith, be assured you are born again. You are a child of God. Heaven is your home. You are a new creature. All things are passed and we build all things are become new. I encourage you, send us a mail, send us a WhatsApp. We want to stay in touch with you, know you, and be able to uh, encourage you in your work with God. Why don't you send us a mail or a text message or a WhatsApp so we can stay in touch with you and help you in your work with God. The Lord bless you as you do so. Aqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. Second service, 8.15 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. Third service, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service, 5.45 p.m. to 7 p.m. Second service, 7.15 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasi Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.